Hello and welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast hosted by me, Joanne Murphy. Whether you are an athlete, adventurer, endurance enthusiast or simply have an interest in sport, you have definitely come to the right place for inspiration, encouragement, motivation and as always, plenty of entertainment. Here we go. We are on the final countdown to Christmas and the new year. Where did that last 12 months go? It's like we blinked and suddenly the year is drawing to a close and what a year it has been. I worked my final event of 2022 on Saturday night in Dublin at the Gymnastics Ireland National Awards. Huge thanks to the team at Gymnastics Ireland for the opportunity to once again host this very special event. As always, it was a super night and great to be a part of the celebrations. I have to admit, I'm definitely soft pedalling or maybe the best way to describe it is on a go slow this week. I am simply meandering through the week, getting done what needs to be done and making lists of all the jobs that should be done over the next few weeks. It never ceases to amaze me, no matter how long or short the list of jobs is, it never seems to get completely done. Anyhow, I keep making the lists and checking them twice and soft pedalling all the way to Christmas. This cold snap of weather would make you want to curl up in bed and not even peek out the window. Thankfully, I've got the December Fitness Challenge to keep me moving and motivated, despite the bitter conditions outside. Big shout out to the almost 400 people who have signed up to the challenge, embracing the opportunity to keep moving as we gallop quickly towards Christmas Day. Our bobble hats are back in stock just in time for Christmas. We now have five colours available. Blue, grey, navy, pink and new for 2022, we have a black version. Unfortunately, due to the rising costs of the hats and indeed the postage, the price of the hats have increased by €2 Euro to €17 Euro per hat. This includes postage to anywhere in Ireland. Postage to the UK will cost an additional €3 Euro per hat. They are a perfect stocking filler and great for keeping your head warm before and after training. If you fancy picking one up, you can get it on www.trytalkingsport.com. And as always, I am extremely grateful for the support shown by so many people who buy and wear the hats. If you don't already follow us on Facebook or Instagram, be sure to check us out as we have a range of fabulous giveaways as part of the annual Christmas Cracker promotion. I've already given away a super snazzy backpack and accessories from Amphibia an entry to the top of the Moran Triathlon taking place in July of next year and a fabulous, yes, fabulous ultimate gift set from Nuisan. With lots more prizes to be won across the month, be sure to check out those social pages. Speaking of Nuisan, be sure to check out their super products on www.nuisan.com and use the code TTSGIFT to get €10 off their bestseller gift set. Or use the code TTS15 to get a 15% discount on a range of their products online. And if you are looking for some inspiration for Christmas gifts, be sure to check out our gift guide on the website trytalkingsport.com. If you are feeling generous and have enjoyed this episode of the podcast, and whether you are a new listener or an avid fan who tunes in every time an episode is dropped, I really would love a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply email it to me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com. That's try with an I, not a Y. Now that we have all the housekeeping out of the way, it's time to get down to business with this week's episode featuring elite Irish multi-sport athlete Kira Wilson from Wexford. Kira has had an incredible year of racing in triathlon, duathlon and running across a variety of distances this year. The national indoor 3000 metre champion from 2020 became the 2022 national duathlon champion and national age group sprint distance champion. She also finished top of the podium this year as the national triathlon series champion and national duathlon series champion. 
Taking on a middle distance triathlon for the very first time this year, Kira came away with the bronze medal in the National Middle Distance Championship at Tri Tyrone. And in a fine display of her strong running ability, she also took home the silver medal in the National 5K and 10K Road Racing Championships this year. She has also represented Ireland on the international stage at a variety of multi-sport events in recent years. Considering she couldn't swim when she took part in her very first triathlon in 2013, she has come a long way and, self-admittedly, has spent a lot of time in the pool to become competitive in the water. Instead of hanging onto the toes in front of her, she is now regularly the one leading the pack and pushing the pace at the front of the race. Coached by her partner Dan of Performance Science Ireland, Kira has embraced sport as a way of life, consistently training and racing to the best of her ability whilst juggling her job as a teacher. Her commitment and dedication to her life in sport is quite inspiring. In this episode, Kira shares some insight into her life as an athlete, the highs as well as the lows of training and racing. It's rarely plain sailing in sport and some days simply getting to the finish line of a race is a victory in itself. Now go grab a cuppa and enjoy the show. Kira Wilson, welcome to the Try Talking Sport podcast. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's really exciting to be here, <laughs> to be <laughs> well, in a position where I can go on a podcast. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on the show. The weather is a little bit chilly, not very suitable for outdoor training at the moment. Minus one in Galway, minus what in Dublin? Real feel of minus seven at the minute in Dublin. So it's very cold, very icy out, definitely not uh, training weather at all. It'll be turbo for the weekend, I think. Is today a duvet day? No, today is a work and training day. So um, I'm very lucky. My job is um, afternoon working hours. So I have mornings off, which is very handy for training. So, And you've had a very varied career. So what are you doing at the moment? At the moment, I'm gearing up for 2023, so I've just come off my break um, from 2022 and just building back up the miles in the pool, on the run and on the bike, and um, looking into January and February and next year. So, And in terms of work, though, what are you doing at the moment? Because I know you were a PE teacher, you trained to be a PT, and then COVID hit, and now you're back teaching again. Yeah, so I qualified as a science and PE teacher in 2013 worked for a couple of years in schools, decided to retrain as a PT, um, I think maybe 2018 or so, 2019, worked as a PT for maybe about a year. And then COVID hit and the gyms closed down and I decided maybe it was a good idea to go back, go back teaching. And I did miss it as well. So I went back teaching um, and I'm teaching now at the minute, um, full-time teaching and trying to full-time train as well. So Getting the balance right is um, takes a lot of organisation, you know, <laughs> trying yeah, to fit can, everything in. I can imagine. So we'll, we'll come back and talk about the balance, the work-life training balance uh, shortly. But Kira, for those who are listening to the show today who may not know who you are, tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about yourself and how you got into sport in the first place. Okay, well, I'm from Wexford. I've been very sporty all my life. Played basketball, played camogie. Running, I started running in TY um, as part of the Gashka Award. And one of the Gashka sections is to take up a new activity or something like that, a physical activity. Um, so I joined my local club, DMP, in Wexford. Started running under the guidance of John Joe Doyle. He's still there now coaching. DMP actually turned 80 years there, uh, maybe last week or the week before. Yeah, so uh, great club, really, really great club. And from there, it just kind of started, it just kind of snowballed. Um, Ran a little bit in secondary school, not massively. Then I went on to DCU um, and I joined their athletics program. 
Um, Enda Fitzpatrick was the person in charge at the time and really enjoyed my time there. Won a couple of titles with the college, kept running. So that was, so I finished from DCU in 2013. Kind of took a little bit of a break from running, didn't run a whole lot. Then in 2016, the end of 2016, I was just getting injured from running constantly. And that's when I made the switch. I decided to start swimming and cycling and running. I couldn't swim, could not swim at all. Uh, never took lessons as a kid. Um, never swam when I was younger. So when I started in 2016, I was starting from scratch. Like I couldn't swim half a length of a pool. So it's been a journey in the pool definitely since 2016. So from 2016 onwards, it's been all triathlon, duathlon, multi-sport. I'm still running, running competitively at the minute. Um, but that's, that's more or less my background in sport. Um, and I'm very much in love with the sport of triathlon at the minute. So, How did you switch from basketball and camogie to running? Did you find the same level of love for running early on or did it take a while for that to develop? Um, no, I think, I think I always loved to just run. I was never very um, coordinated in sport. So in the likes of basketball and camogie, coaches would kind of put me in the middle of the field so I could just do all the running. You know, my hand-eye coordination isn't great. If somebody throws something at me, it's sometimes a struggle to catch catch something. So I think running was just natural for me because you just run. You just put on a pair of shoes and you just start. You know, there's there's not a whole lot to it. It's probably one of the most accessible sport, I think, in the world. And then talk to me about your very first triathlon. Where was that? When was that? And how did you get on? My very first triathlon was actually back in 2013-2014. I did try a tie. I decided to sign up for the try a try in try a tie. At this stage, I couldn't swim at all. So I think I did the entire swim in try a tie with my head above the water. It's a 200 meter down, downstream swim. And I saw my head above the water, got through the swim, hopped on my bike. I don't think I had cleats at that stage. It was runners. Did the bike. Uh, and then the run, I found I was more in my element because it was came natural to me. And I think I finished sixth on the day in the try a try event. And uh, I was pretty happy with that. And then I didn't do anything else until 2016. And in 2016, 2017, so tw- the, it was the 2017 season, I did my first duathlon in Nace. Um, I remember doing my first duathlon. I was wearing leggings, a long sleeve running top a pair of runners, um, possibly a borrowed bike. Um, so yeah, I've come a long way since then. And then my first, my second triathlon, I suppose, but my first since 2013 was tri-leash, the pool base swim. Uh, I remember being so nervous. I was so nervous doing that. Um, but it's a really nice one to do, the pool base swims. They're really good. It's a really good way to start triathlon. And I remember on the bike in triathlon, I actually got a mechanical going up a hill the chain came off so I had to get off the bike fix the chain and keep going and I think I think I made the podium in tri-leash I, I think I was third maybe so yeah that was that was the start of of the of the past couple of years yeah it's definitely been a journey a great and, journey yeah have you always been competitive then would you've been competitive playing team sports and then moving into to running and then on to triathlon yeah I think when I was in team sports I was I was happy to be there I think I've become more competitive in recent years. 
I kind of discovered during COVID that I love to race. I love to race. And I really missed racing during COVID. I train to race and I think I thrive off racing. Um, I just love the buzz of it. Um, just trying to get the best out of yourself on, on any given day. So yeah, love, love to race, love the competition element. Definitely. Yeah. From non-swimmer in 2016 to national champion, both in the age group sprint race and also national series champion for 2022. Yeah. That is some journey. Yeah, I can't quite believe it. When I was at the TI Awards there a couple of weeks ago and I was receiving all my awards of various different things, it was a bit overwhelming, you know, because I couldn't swim in 2016. I couldn't swim. And this year we got my swim to a point where it was competitive. You know, I wasn't just trying to get through the swim and then start my race on the bike. From the get-go, I was able to be competitive in the water. And then I knew my bike and my run were pretty strong. So I, we knew I had a chance of maybe doing well in the national series, but to come away with a win in the triathlon national series and the duathlon national series, it was really overwhelming, really surreal. You know, when you think back to where you started and now how far you've come, it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. There, there'd be lots of people who maybe are weak swimmers listening to the show. Maybe never like myself, I wasn't really able to swim. I'm able to swim now, but not competitively. But there'll be lots of people who will be inspired to hear that you weren't able to swim and now you're national champion. How did you go from being a non-swimmer in 2016? Like, what did you do? Have you been swimming in the pool six, seven times a week? Is it very structured training or was it just little by little you chipped away at your form, your technique, your speed and your enjoyment of it? Yeah, I think I think it's kind of all of what you've said there. Um, in 2016, it was just getting in the water and just building it up gradually. Um, and since then, I'm swimming six, seven days a week in the pool. It's really time in the pool, getting a feel for the water, technique, technique, technique. Like at the minute, I'm in a kind of a technique drill, drills block, really working on my technique. I've changed my technique a bit over the years. Um because I wasn't getting, I only got to a certain point with my last technique I was using. So we changed it this year uh, and it's kind of brought me on a bit further. Done a lot of work with my coach in Performance Science Ireland. He's had a lot of patience with me because it hasn't been, it hasn't been an easy journey trying to get my swim up to a good standard, you know, but patience, uh, I would say time, drills, 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 time in the pool. The more time you spend in the pool, you get a better feel for the water, a better idea of how you're moving through the water. And yeah, you have to love it as well. And try and swim with people every so often as well. You know, make it fun. It doesn't have to be all serious, you know, all the time. If it's something you love, then make it fun. But don't forget to focus on improving, you know, as well. In terms of your training, is there a big focus still on your swimming and then the percentage of biking and running is, is less or... Do you have it like if you looked at a pie chart and you looked at how your training across the three disciplines is, is it more focused on your swimming now or is it on your bike and your run? Because you did finish second in the 5K and 10K national championships as well this year. So it's not like you've let your running fall to the wayside at all. And your biking is really strong as well. Yeah. So maybe I'll just give you an idea of what a typical week looks like. And this week has been the same week for the past five, six years. This is what I do week in, week out. So consistency has been a huge part of 
keeping my run at a really high level and trying to develop and build the bike and develop and build the swim. So I do three run sessions a week, three bike sessions a week and six to seven swims a week. But the, yeah, the, because I, I, I had to put that time into the pool if I wanted to get to the standard I wanted to get at. My runs, my two of my runs are really high quality sessions. So um, fast work, hard work. And then I have one long, easy run at the weekend. At the minute, I'm building up to a 30K long run. Just have a bit of a challenge over the winter. It'll be the longest I've run ever. And then the, the bike is the same. Two hard sessions during the week and one easy long bike at the weekend. And then the swims are a mix of drills, easy swimming, threshold swimming, hard swimming, long, easy swims. This time of the year, I'm kind of focusing on technique a lot. But in the next couple of weeks, I'll move on to um, kind of maybe longer, more, a little bit harder swims. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So are you doubling up on your sessions during the week? Are you swimming early in the morning and then running and biking in the afternoon? Or um, So I've tried swimming early in the morning and I just can't. I think because I didn't swim when I was younger, it wasn't it wasn't a habit I developed. So I tried swimming in the morning and I just can't. So I swim in the evenings um, and I bike or run in the morning. So I do two sessions every day and I have one rest day during the week. Uh, rest day super important for me because the rest of my week is so busy trying to train and work and everything else um so rest day is very important for me so what do you do on a rest day usually work <laughs> so it's so it's not, it's not a total rest day it's just uh usually my rest day is my busiest day in work one day of the week I go in earlier so it's just it's a lot harder to to get the training in so I I just decided to use that as a rest day and just eat food eat good food and uh, rest and recover when I can during the day. But, and what about sleep? Do you sleep well at night? I aim to get eight hours. So I try to, but uh, sometimes with work and just life in general, it can be hard to get, you know, all the right amount of sleep in. But eight hours is what I aim for. And I, I do try to get it. It is important because of my my weeks are so busy. You know, sleep is is really a really good recovery tool. I, and I don't think people realize that oh definitely 100 yeah, yeah. So important um, yeah even yeah. even grabbing a little nap in the middle of the day if you can I'm sure um has yeah. happened once or twice as well yes definitely naps are great um naps are like secret weapons I think <laughs> how much of your success comes down to your preparation and your planning for the week because I imagine trying to juggle all that training all that food recovery a bit of fun and work can be quite difficult so how do you manage it definitely being organized finding a routine that works for you and trying to be consistent with that routine over time um like at the start of my working year I always find the first couple of weeks really hard to just get back into a routine after being off all summer um surrounding yourself with people who kind of live a similar lifestyle to you I have a lot of friends who are active in triathlon training partners who I'm also really good friends with um Dan my coach who's also my boyfriend the two of us live this lifestyle so it makes training day in day out so much easier um I've great friends over the past couple of years who've really helped me I suppose with training and keeping things fun and lighthearted. um Ruth's 
Connor, Jen, they've all really helped me with triathlon based sessions. Um, Regina, another good friend, she's actually um, part of the women's mead uh, football team that won the All Ireland there. Um, so she comes to sessions on the indoor track um, down by the NAC. And it's just great being surrounded by people. It makes going to training so much easier and getting sessions done, especially this time of the year in the winter when the real feel is minus seven and you know you're going to the indoor track with your friends and it doesn't feel like it's it's a chore, if it's, it's hard work. Um, so all of that helps make all this possible, you know. And how do you strike a balance between the coach athlete relationship with Dan versus the boyfriend girlfriend partner relationship with Dan like if there's a fine line there between what yeah. he's telling you to do or you know if you want to have a breakout day yeah. and he's like no you can't do it <laughs> I think again it comes down to our passion for the sport we both love sport we both love the lifestyle around it we both love triathlon we will happily sit down at the weekend and watch just a day of sport you know, and I think communication is very important as well because we live, we live and we, you know, we spend a lot of time together. I'll just tell them, you know, how I feel if I'm not feeling up to a session. I think that's really important between an athlete and a coach as well. Communication, find yourself a coach that you feel comfortable with, um, that you're able to communicate well with, because that's what will help you become, you know, a great athlete is being able to have a really good relationship with your your coaching team or your coach or your training partners you know not being afraid being afraid to say I'm just not up to it today guys is it harder to do that though because he's also your boyfriend um no I think I think we have a pretty you know a uh, uh, pretty solid relationship you know we have a good understanding of each other so is there's arrow in the background causing noise yeah can you hear her? She's she's whining because she's in her crate. <laughs> so she's not happy with me right now. <laughs> we we won't keep her too long in the crate. We'll talk about Aero in just a minute, but I just want to come back to that thing with um with Dan as well. I suppose you spend so much time together. How do you find it switching off maybe to go to the movies, to go have the crack where it's not sports related? Or or maybe yeah. that is actually what you do like to do is go have the crack when it is sports related. I think we have a good balance. I think with us we just love sport so whether we're training or we're not training we can have fun around it you know it's just it's built into our lives it's it's not like we have to switch off from it ever it's it's just a part of who we are so it's it's never it never feels like a chore to go training or to talk about sport it's just we we would we would happily not race and just train and just have fun because that's just who we are you know we 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 just love being active and pushing ourselves and trying to get the best out of ourselves and I don't know it's hard to explain it's just built into us I suppose you know we just love it you know and I I know we chatted in 2020 you were on our Facebook live show back in yeah we were right in the midst of COVID at that point yeah it feels like so long ago I know but and and still though it it only feels like yesterday I know I know it's it's crazy it's It's crazy crazy. you had won your first national title I believe national indoor champion over 3,000 years in 2020 you were pretty much on fire that year as well, just coming mm. into that yeah. season. Did the time during the pandemic benefit you, do you think, uh, in terms of the season that you've produced this year? Or do you believe that COVID maybe put a halt to your gallop back in 2020 and you'd have all of that success already? Like what 
what happened in the two years between say the national indoor champs and and this year yeah I mean I think I was in 2020 when I won the title I was definitely gearing up for a great year and then COVID hit and that was really hard to take as an athlete you know you think you're about to have one of the best years of your sporting career and then a global pandemic hits so that was really hard to take and I think I definitely struggled a bit during it um as I said I love to race and I love being competitive and of course the pools shut as well so I couldn't swim so I missed I miss swimming I miss swimming a lot um from a training and just an enjoyment point of view as well and yeah, COVID was was hard. I think it was hard for a lot of people. I mean, I did train, I kept running, I kept cycling, did what I could, but it at times it was hard to stay motivated because I did miss not having races and, and things like that. And racing adds in a bit of variety to your training as well, you know, and obviously you have goals and things to aim for as well. So coming into the end of 2020 and into 2021, I was starting to kind of get momentum again and there was races on the horizon and then I think it was maybe March of 2021 I actually picked up a really bad running injury um, and that knocked me for a couple of weeks that was really hard because running was always like my my superpower put it that way you know it was something that came natural to me I could always do it if I had a bad day in the pool or a bad day on the bike I could just go out and run and feel good you know um the summer 2021, I picked up a bit of a back injury as well. So 2021 wasn't a great year and it was really disappointing because I was felt like I was ready to race after not having much racing done during COVID during 2020. So by the end of the 2021 season, um, trying to get ready for 2022, I was I was ready. You know, I was really motivated to try and have a really, really good 2022 season. So when races opened back up for 2022, I entered a lot of races. I was ready to just give 2022 everything and kind of redeem myself a bit and kind of just kind of find love for for it again and just try and throw myself into racing and see what happened, see where I really was after two years of not really racing a whole lot. Um, So yeah, COVID was definitely challenging. did it make me a better athlete? Probably because I came out, you know, fighting, you know, looking for looking to do well in 2022. Learned a lot about myself as an athlete, you know, what really works for me, what doesn't, um, how to manage injuries. So yeah, it was definitely an interesting two years. Yeah. And you came out with all guns blazing for 2022, 26 races throughout the year. Yeah. So if you think about it, that's a race every weekend for half a year I just love racing and I don't regret doing any one of those races I loved it I did my first race New Year's Day 2022 it was the Tom Brennan 5k in the Phoenix Park however I had gotten the COVID vaccine about three days before had quite a lot of side effects Dan was like Kira don't race just just don't race you know it's okay to not race you know I know you've entered but just don't race you're just not up to it but me being me, I, I raced. Connor, one of my friends and training partners, he had entered it as well. So I knew he was going to be there. So I wanted to be there. Started the race after a kilometer and a half. Dan was actually there. And I just singled to him. I was like, I'm gone. I, I, I'm gone. I can't, I can't do this. 
I kept going, but I just backed off the pace. So I spent the rest of the day in bed, I think. But I was just so stubborn. I just really wanted to race, you know, the first race of 2022. And I wasn't going to let anything stop me, but um, not not recommended. <laughs> if you look at the schedule of 26 races over the course of, of 2022, and you've already given us an insight into what your typical training week looks like, how do you recover from those races when they're so frequent to then deliver a strong week of training? So some races I would have just trained through or kind of used to supplement my training. So I did a couple of maybe midweek aquathons in Bray um, and they would have been like the session for the day was just to just to do do that race. But it's really, I suppose, reducing the volume a little bit, focusing more on intensity. Um, process has always been really important for us, just focusing on the process being consistent with racing and consistent with training. We managed to get a really good balance between both. But yeah, I think for lo- for some of the races, we just ended up training through them, not taking a lot of, of downtime before the race. But big races like maybe the National Middle Distance Champs in Tri Tyrone, that would have been a taper week because that was my first time at the distance. That was an interesting race. And then things like Bilbao, you know, I tapered for that as well. So there was definitely some races where I tapered for and other races where I just trained through because I just wanted to, it to be part of my training or just for enjoyment reasons as well, you know. So that brings me nicely into two two more questions I want to ask you. You mentioned two races I wanted to talk about, which was Try Tyrone. You came third in that race. It was your first time racing middle distance. Um, how did the race go for you? Wow, middle distance racing. It's a different sport. That's what I learned different sport very different to sprint and olympic distance in terms of duration nutrition race tactics pacing um i knew my swim was in a good place because uh, swimming had been going well bike was okay um i knew a lot of biking and running was you know my run we were hoping was going to be strong so i don't know if you've ever been up to try tyrone where they hold it it's on in a lake a really nice setting it was a rolling start. Um, I knew Hillary was going to be there, Hillary Hughes. The swim went well. I was pretty happy with it. I think myself and Hillary and another one of my training partners, we all kind of came out at a similar time. So I was pretty happy with the swim. Um, onto the bike, I saw Hillary shoot out a transition. I don't think I saw her again for the rest of the day. Uh, she had a phenomenal day um, in Tri Tyrone. Um, the bike we had picked kind of a conservative power because we weren't really sure how I was going to react to the distance. The Tri Tyrone course is kind of a rolling flat, if that makes sense. It's flat, but there's little rolling hills in it. That was okay. I got through the bike pretty happy. Thought I'd taken on, you know, enough nutrition. Got onto the run, did the first 5k of the run, felt pretty okay. And then it started going downhill. Oh my God. Um, I walked for the first time in a run segment of a race, really started to struggle. Everything just started hurting. Nutrition, I was still trying to take nutrition on. Um, I could see Hillary, because it was an out and back, so I could see Hillary flying along. Really started to struggle. Dan was there and Era was there supporting another friend, Connor. They were all there cheering me on, but it was really hard. And I have so much respect for the distance now and people who do the distance. I'd say about a mile from the finish, I started getting this feeling like I was going to vomit. So I was running along 
and I started vomiting <laughs> really badly. And there's people running past me and I had to stop. And I just started vomiting in the middle of the road. And people were like, oh my God, are you okay? And one of my training partners, she stopped and she asked me, Kira, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Keep going. Kept getting sick. I eventually stopped. And I think I ran one of my fastest splits for a K after I vomited because I just wanted to get to the finish. I was like, I need to get to the finish line. At that point, I was in third and I wanted to try and hang on to it. I got to the finish line relieved. Um, and I remember being in just an absolute heap at the finish. Uh, I was just so emotional because it was my first time doing the distance. I didn't think I was going to finish that day because the run was so hard. And I just remember Dan running off trying to get me glasses of Coke because I was just so wiped. I was just an emotional mess, I'd say. So much respect for the distance. So that's the reality of some of my races. So what people are seeing on Instagram is just the, I don't know, the highlights definitely. But uh, I definitely have unfinished business with 70.3. Definitely going to go back to it next year. Learned a lot. I think I enjoyed it. <laughs> I think I enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, really learned a lot from that race. <laughs> Do you think is, is going long something that you'll consider in the future? I think I definitely want to try 70.3 a few more times. And then maybe consider the longer stuff. I don't know. Um, we'll see what happens. Just keep doing what I'm doing, the process that I'm following, and see where it gets me. See if my body takes to it. Um, if I'm suited to the distance. If I'm not, then I'm not. I know sprint and Olympic work for me. So, But I definitely want to try 70.3 again uh, next year. I've also signed up for a marathon, so I hope to give that a go next year as well. So a couple of new goals for next year, definitely. Into a bit more longer endurance stuff. Yeah, yeah. Give it a go and see see what happens. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. I know what works for me, but um, no harm in trying a few new things to challenge yourself, you know. And mix it up a little bit as well across, yeah. you know, what you're doing. Um, you've represented Ireland on a number of occasions as an elite Irish Athlete Bilbao in September this year should have been an exceptional day for you. It was, I suppose, disappointing is is one way to put it for you, but it was almost out of your control. It was heartbreaking, probably. I don't know if a lot of people know what happened out there. I finished probably bottom of the field, maybe 21st out of 22nd, maybe. In the weeks leading up to it, I had some of my best run sessions ever. Some of my best bike sessions ever. Really gearing up for a really good race where I thought I could really be competitive against the other girls in Europe. All my races, I go out hard from the front. I try to set a good pace. That was the intention in Bilbao, and that's exactly what I did. And about a kilometer and a half into the race, I got shot with, I can't even describe the most horrific abdominal cramps that kind of shot upwards kind of upper body um cramps um really really bad I had to drop the pace a lot just to be able to keep moving and once I dropped the pace I was out of the race the races I do internationally are draft legal so in Ireland we have non-draft but internationals are draft legal so if you miss a bike pack you're kind of riding solo for the race that's what happened to me so survival mode was hit um the support out there from the Irish was amazing. My parents went out 
Um, and then there was other Irish athletes out there as well. And it was great having them on course because I don't think if it wasn't for them, I don't know if I would have kept going on the day. But I did. I kept going and I finished. But um, it was super disappointing. It's definitely not a reflection of where I am internationally. I think I have a much better race in me. And I hope to next year to compete internationally again. But um, mentally, it was really hard to take. And the week after it, mentally and physically, I was just, I was wiped. Because it had been such a long season as well. Um, And then to have that race go not to plan, it was really hard to take. Um, And I had one last race planned, Pulse, Port Beach. And I did it, finished sixth. But I knew during the race that I was just, I was gone. I was ready for a break at that stage from, from racing. But Bilbao was definitely disappointing. Yeah, really disappointing. That's sport though, isn't it? It's just, you have really good highs and really low lows. And I had such an amazing year up until that point. You know, I wasn't going to let that put a dampener on what I had achieved this year already. So yeah, it was disappointing, but it's been a great year. So. And you've mentioned there about, say, try Tyrone, you know, you just want to get to the finish line. You know, mentally, that must have been very tough trying to get to the finish line there when you were physically unwell, you know, whatever the reason was. Same with Bilbao, the mental toughness it took to get to the finish line. How do you stop the negative talk in your head that's telling you to stop or to not continue or that you want to give up? Or does that happen? It does happen. It happens in training sessions all the time it happens in races and for me I break it down and I've learned this over the years you can always take one more step or one more stroke in the pool or one more pedal on the bike I break it down to sections you know you can definitely do this pace for 20 more meters you can definitely do that you can always take one more step and I think that's what I've learned and your body is capable of a lot of things. It's your mind that will stop you. So your body will never fail you as such. You know, your body is very strong. Um, it's your mind that will stop you. So your body can always keep going. So one step at a time, one step at a time, and another step, another step, and keep going like that. That's what I've done. In sessions, when I'm doing hard sessions on the track or on the road, it can sometimes be a hundred meters at a time when you're trying to get to the end of a rep. You can like, I can definitely do a hundred more meters and you just take it like that, break it down. Sometimes don't think of the whole picture. Think of very small sections. <laughs> don't cause you'll get really overwhelmed if you do, you know, sometimes if you're trying to nail paces on a run or on a bike or in the pool, if you think of it all, it can get really overwhelming. It's like what life, if you, overthink if you think of everything at the same time you're going to get super stressed and really anxious and one session at a time one day at a time one rep at a time one step at a time you know that's how I approach things that's what I've learned yeah I think that's very smart advice and and even as we come into the new year where there'll be a flurry of activity with people goal setting and wanting to do stuff and if you actually look at the 12 months of the year and think oh my god we've another year upon us what am I going to achieve? What am I going to do? But actually breaking it down into small, achievable yeah. goals. That's what they talk about, the smart way of goal setting. And, and, and that's a very apt way of thinking about things when you're racing as well. If you look back at all of your sporting achievements to date, what mm. would you say is your proudest moment? Um, I mean, I think anytime you win a national title, 
that's pretty a pretty proud thing and something um you know they'll always remember so winning the national 3k title winning the national duathlon title this year winning the national triathlon and duathlon series i mean they're really really big achievements and something i'll be very proud of so anytime you win a national title um you can never take them for granted you don't know when they might happen again it could be your only one you know you don't know representing ireland i mean again to represent your country is huge so anybody who has represented their country or plans on you know it's it's a huge achievement and be super proud of it is, is that something you have wanted to do from a young age or is that something that's developed uh, over the course of your sporting career I think if you're in sport when you're younger and you're competitive, I think, well, for me, it was definitely a dream, you know, always a dream to represent Ireland, wondering if you could get there, if you'd ever get there. So when I got my first Irish vest in duathlon in 2018, it was huge. You know, it was a really big deal for me um, and something I was very, very proud of. So getting to represent your country is a huge achievement and something you should be very proud of. Um, and I think any day you set a PB, you know, that's a really big achievement because PBs are hard to come by. You know, it takes a lot of work physically and mentally and sometimes a lot of patience to get there. And when you get there, it's like, OK, I did it. You know, I achieved it. Um, yeah. So national titles representing my country and PBs. The they're, top they're three things. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And who who inspires you? to go race as well as you do, race for your country and chase PBs? Where does that inspiration come from? or that And even that drive and that passion, where does it all come from? Um, I don't know. I think I'm, I have always loved sport in general. And I think actually seeing other people achieve things in sport, no matter what the level, if it's somebody doing their very first 70.3, or if it's a pro winning a world title, you know, you can take inspiration from both of those. It's like, if they can do it, I can do it, you know? So watching others achieve things or do things in sport is huge. And even people doing things in the world outside of sport, you know, seeing what others are going through, it kind of makes you realize that what you're doing in sport isn't all that hard, you know? Um, yeah, I suppose that, that would be my answer to that. Yeah. And would you go full-time athlete? Is that a plan ever in the cars or? I mean, I suppose that's, you know, a bit of a dream. I mean, yeah, I'd love to. Um, I think you have to make the most of opportunities that present themselves. And if that, if that opportunity was to present itself to me, then yeah, why not? I would I would love to, yeah. Uh, poor Aero was going cracked there. I in know, the she's in the crate. Um, talk to me about Aero. She was a rescue dog. Yes, she was a rescue dog, and you can definitely hear her in the back because she's getting more and more annoyed at me. Um, she was a rescue dog. We got her from Cara Rescue. I think, was it in 2021, we decided that we needed a dog in our life, and we went and we always wanted to get a rescue, and we discovered Arrow. She's a greyhound. Um, we're not sure if she raced, and yeah, we love her, and she seems to love her life with us. So yeah, she's great. Greyhounds, I didn't know much about the greyhound breed before we got Arrow, but they're amazing. They're they're beautiful. Uh, it's a beautiful breed. They will happily lie on the couch for the day and not move. Um, yeah, very much, uh, very, definitely love their sleep. Um, 
I've tried bringing her on runs with me because people have asked, you know, does she go running with you? No, she's not endurance. She's definitely a sprinter. So she should do like a 30 second burst and then it's the couch for the day. So, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. We do love her. She has come to a few races. So, um, but yeah, no, she's great. Very good. I am going to do a very quick rapid fire round. Your favorite breakfast? Uh, oh, I'm on Weetabix at the minute. Weetabix and honey. Ooh, nice. With hot or yeah. cold milk? Cold milk at the minute, but I have done it with hot milk. Um, yeah. Your favorite uh, training session? Uh, I love a hard track session on the indoor track. Um, probably a classic five by a K. Swim, bike or run? Oh, I think run. <laughs> I think run. <laughs> okay, so then swim or bike? Ah, oh, see, it's really hard, you know, because I do enjoy both of them. I love a good hard session in the pool, like 20 by 100 or 30 by 100. You know, really try to get everything out of yourself. Favourite race this season? Favourite race this season? Um, I think winning the National Duathlon title in the Phoenix Park. Yeah, that was... A really proud day for me yeah. yeah why is that why is that stand out for you versus any other win or any other race this year I think because my run has always been my strongest and my cycling has always been pretty good and I've been kind of close to in the duathlon title a couple of years and this year I finally did it and it was just it was a big achievement for me you know something I was really proud of to to finally win it you know what book are you reading at the moment if any I'm actually listening to a book on audible Richard Osman I can't remember the title of it but it's on audible so I'm listening I'm not reading okay what are you watching on Netflix at the moment or on one of the streaming platforms if you're watching anything we're actually re-watching The Office on Netflix at the minute yeah from the very start yeah The Office <laughs> some, some very light-hearted uh comedy I suppose yeah the, okay. the office there you go we know that you have pizza every night before a race but what's your favorite go-to recovery food oh that's a hard question um I can't I don't really have a favorite meal I love um a good pasta dish I think um definitely after like a long endurance kind of type session definitely carbs carb central yeah okay and because <laughs> it's almost Christmas yes favorite Christmas movie I love the Santa Claus movies. I'm going, I'm going to say, yeah, the Santa Claus. Yeah. Uh, favorite reindeer and favorite Christmas carol. And then I'll stop with the random questions. Oh, favorite reindeer. That's a good question. I'm going to say Prancer, I think is one. Yes, okay. Prancer. Yeah. Favorite Christmas song, Let It Snow. Ooh. It snowed here in Dublin last night, so. And yeah. then we can't forget, of course, that you're um, sponsored by Nuisan or that you're yeah. an ambassador for Nuisan. So your yeah. favorite Nuisan product? I love their active body wash and their active moisturizer and their foot spray. I'm going to end up listing all their products now because I love them all. But uh, those are my three go-to ones straight after a session. I love them. I love yeah. the smell of them. They're great. Amazing. Yeah, and I actually, I, I'm partial to the CBD muscle gel. I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah. All their products, I think, amazing and they're Irish and they're from Galway as well. So yeah, amazing yeah. products. Definitely recommend them. Definitely. And uh, if they've listened to the uh, the start of the intro at the podcast, they'll have gotten my code so they can go back and yeah. get the code and get yes. some discounts. 
Kira, before we finish up, I'm going to pop in a couple of audience questions. Joe Goodhair Don't Care on Instagram, great name, uh, asks, is Kira a full-time athlete or how does she manage the demands of working and training? No, I'm not a full-time athlete. Um, I work full-time and I try to train full-time as much as possible. I work two to seven most days so I can train in the morning and then I usually try swim in the evening after work. So that's my daily my daily routine. Fridays, I work till five, so it's a bit more flexible but um train in the morning work in the afternoon train in the evening that's my day (laughs) rinse and repeat exactly yeah (laughs) and then coley the cyclist says for warmer climates such as the duathlon europeans this year would heat adaptation be part of your strategy i suppose we invested in a cooling vest uh earlier this year to wear before races in a warmer climates um I don't go away on heat prep camps because I just don't have the time with work. Um, So I suppose a cooling vest is at the minute what I do for prep. So the one I have is like you can put like ice packs on the inside of the vest and then you wear it over your suit and it keeps you cool before the race. You see a lot of the pros sometimes wear them before races as well, just to keep them cool. I think when the Olympics run in Tokyo, it was a, I think a lot of people wore them. So they do work. And then my final question for you is, what are the plans for 2023? Um, wow. Uh, keep doing what I've been doing training-wise. So the process we've been following, being consistent with that, trying to stay healthy. We've always focused more on the process as opposed to the racing, as opposed to having racing goals. The races will always be there, but... Um, I think, you know, following the process is important, but I hope to maybe do a few more 70.3s, keep being competitive in the running scene, maybe hopefully join the French Duathlon Grand Prix scene, currently looking for a team to join. So hopefully if that all comes together to race there um, a couple of times, those are some of the goals at the minute. I also have an entry for a marathon. Uh, next year as well so that will be an interesting journey as well so that's what 2023 is currently looking like but we'll see fantastic well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast wish you the very best of luck for 2023 and beyond and we better finish up the podcast because poor Aero. i know she's behind me (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much kira have a wonderful christmas and thanks so much for joining us on the show thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed this episode you can get in touch with any feedback or guest suggestions by emailing me on trytalkingsport at gmail.com If you would like to hear more great episodes of the podcast, be sure to check them out on our website or wherever you get your podcasts. With so many episodes of the show now available, there is a huge back catalogue of inspiration and motivation to choose from. You can follow all of our activities and podcasts on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. If you have any feedback or guest suggestions, please drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you. It's hard to believe this is our second last episode of 2022. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe, keep smiling and remember to look for fun and adventure in every day.